Hi, welcome to this podcast by Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter, titled The Danger of Jumping to Conclusions and a Tool That Can Help. Early one morning I was quietly enjoying my run when I was tested to walk my talk and initially I failed. It is funny how the challenge to practice what I preach could present itself while on a run. The course that I chose to run includes a two-kilometre track that runs between two golf courses. As I live in the middle of suburbia in Melbourne, Australia, the two golf courses create a beautiful green belt and I enjoy running along the track listening to the birds and the occasional ping as someone tees off on one of the golf courses in the distance. This particular winter day, the sky seemed unusually clear and blue, which created a a magnificent backdrop for the many gum trees and other natural flora that adorn the golf courses. The crisp air made my breath visible as it escaped from my lungs as I made my usual trot up the track. I particularly enjoyed this section of the run because it is void of vehicles, their fumes and their noise. Recently, one of the golf courses had commenced some changes to the layout of their course, and large trucks and heavy vehicles had begun to use the track to access the rear of the golf course. A total of about six vehicles were using the track that was usually closed via the road close signs at either end of it. Previously, while on another run, I'd began to wonder how long it would take before I noticed some members of the golf clubs using the tracks as a vehicle access to the golf courses. A seed was planted in my mind without me really being very conscious of it. You may imagine my disappointment as I noticed a car pause for me while I entered the southern end of the track. At first I wondered what the driver was doing. I quickly remembered the construction works in one of the golf courses and quickly assumed that the vehicle, a four-wheel drive that may have been driven by a construction worker or a supervisor. The vehicle slowly drove by me, its engine noise and wheels crackling on the gravel, smashing the usual piece that I find along this part of the track. To my surprise, another five vehicles followed this first car. As each one drove by, they added a little more dust to the air. As it was a still morning, the dust seemed to hang in the air, waiting for my breath to draw to enter into my lungs. My emotions rose. In fact, as I was running, I was feeling quite irritated by the presence of the vehicles. So I started to track them carefully with my eye to see which way they would turn up ahead. If they turned left, then they were most likely part of the construction team, and I had just been unlucky that they had all passed while I was using the track. If they turned right up ahead, then they were going into one of the golf courses, and my original assumption would be confirmed. I had entered from the southern end of the track. The northern end of the track includes a 400 meter sealed road section that is in fact the entrance for one of the golf courses. The northern road closed gate exists about 50 metres south of the entrance to the golf course, preventing vehicles from heading along the gravel section of the track. The initial part of the track along which I was running includes a slight incline, which may have prevented me from seeing where the vehicles went if I didn't increase my pace. So, despite the dust and the incline, I increased my pace. Several other vehicles had by now also passed while I was running, which added to my frustration and disappointment. Very quickly my assumption was confirmed as the initial set of vehicles turned right into the golf course. The lazy, I began to think to myself. More vehicles passed and a woman walking her two dogs passed me a frustrated look. At least that's what I believe I saw as I went by. Annoying, isn't it? I said as I ran by. Yes, it is, she replied. 
The woman confirmed my conclusion. As I approached the northern end of the gravel section of the track, I noticed that the road-closed gate was open, so, without missing a step, I quickly closed each side of the gate to prevent vehicles from con continuing with this clear indiscretion. It doesn't take long for people to discover a shortcut and use it, I thought to myself. By now I was on the bitumen end of the track and quite pleased that I had taken some effective action that would help others who were to follow me. I quite liked the idea of being a bridge builder and I generally like to do something that might be of help to other people if I can. My conclusions were, however, shown to be false as I ran the next few hundred metres. As I drew closer and closer to the start of the bitumen section of the track, I noticed that the entrance was closed. Workmen had dug up the start of the track and were rebuilding the gutters and the track entrance. The road was closed at the northern end of the track. The other end of the track was the only way that the cars could get in and out of the golf course, and I had closed the gate. Turning around, I quickly headed back to the gate and reopened it, chastising myself for having taken action that was based on a false conclusion. This is something that many of us do. Well, at least I do. Fortunately, there is a useful tool called the ladder of inference that we can use to slow ourselves down from jumping to conclusions and or from taking action that is based on a false conclusion. The PDF in the blog of which this podcast is associated includes a version of a tool called the ladder of inference created by Peter Senge in his book, The Fifth Discipline Field Book. If you look at the document, you will notice on slide 2 that the bottom of the ladder, rung 1, includes observable data as if recorded by a video camera. The second rung, rung 2, of the ladder includes the information that I selected from the available data at the bottom of the ladder. This is an important step because of two important factors. Firstly, I did not personally have access to all the available data because I was only seeing the information that was visible at the southern end of the track. If I had been in a helicopter, I could have seen more, but I wasn't. The second reason why I chose the information that I selected was because, deep down, I already held a belief that many human beings take shortcuts when they can, often without much care of the consequences of those shortcuts to other people. After having selected the information that fitted with my already existing but subconscious beliefs, I added the meaning, rung three, that the golf members were taking advantage of the track that was really only open for the trucks and construction vehicles. I then assumed, rung four, that the golf club members were taking the shortcut because they could, and no one was going to stop them, until I came along, of course. I drew a conclusion, rung five, that the golf members will continue to take the shortcut while they could and would further disturb people like myself by this behaviour. My already existing but subconscious belief, rung six, that people take shortcuts when they can, was reinforced, so I took action. I closed the gate, rung seven. And I might say I was pretty happy with myself until I realised that I was wrong. At that moment I had a choice. Continue running and leave the closed gates problem to someone else, or go back and open them. So, I went back and opened them. All the way I was chuckling to myself. It is amazing how I had become so focused, so determined to see what I wanted to see. And sure enough, I saw it. While relatively tame, this short story highlights the dangers of jumping to conclusions and taking actions based on those conclusions without first checking out other possibilities. Yet many of us do. 
at work, at home, in sporting organisations and in our relationships, we can take action based on incorrect conclusions and beliefs. Which reminds me of a story I was told recently. A friend of mine was organising a surprise party for his partner and was liaising with his partner's best friend. The cell phone bill came in the mail. His partner opened the bill because both their phones were on the same bill. She noticed the extremely high number of times that her best friend's number was being called and SMS messaged, text messaged by her husband and jumped to the conclusion that, well, I think you can guess what she concluded. As the story was told, the man had to confess that he was arranging a surprise party. Jumping to conclusions can even damage parties. Unfortunately, each time we jump to a conclusion and take action based on a belief, if that belief remains below our level of consciousness, we will continue to jump to similar conclusions in the future when similar circumstances arise. Imagine if I had chosen to continue my run by turning into the golf course and not proceed down the Bridgman section of the track. I would not be recording this podcast right now and I would still hold the view that I had done the right thing by closing the gates and I would have been wrong but would have not have known it. To manage this situation it is important that we try to increase our awareness of our assumptions and what we believe. This helps us to understand why we might select the data that we select in any given situation. We also have to be prepared to slow ourselves down from going up the ladder too quickly. To do this we need to seek more data before we take action and really find out what is the data that actually is available and could other data be available. In this case, maybe I should have run to the end of the track to check the possibility that it may have been closed which would have explained why so many vehicles were using the gravel section of the track. I would have saved myself an extra 800 metres in my run if I had done this in the first place. We must also be prepared to correct our actions, own up to our mistakes and learn from our experiences. I know that I certainly did on that beautiful morning. This concept is often challenging for many people to grasp in one go. So there will be several more podcasts and blogs written about this particular topic to help you understand. What I would like though is for any of you who have had experiences in understanding your capacity to jump to conclusions and maybe if you have been exposed to using the ladder of inference tool and how you've actually used it because I am aware a number of people in organizations do explicitly use that tool when they're working together. In fact very recently a member of an elite sports team here in Australia was sharing a story with me about in their most successful championship season the entire club would use the tool of the ladder of inference through the work that they were doing and it was Often that people would make the comment, look at the moment, I'm up the top of the ladder and this is what I'm seeing, what do you think? As a way of declaring that their their conclusions were based on limited data, but they're actually open to seeking other data and information from other people before taking action. It was a terrific story and just highlights that it it does actually happen in organisations. This is just not a theoretical tool. It's actually used for practice. So we would like to hear from you with regard to your experiences of using the ladder of inference. If you'd like to find out more information about our blogs and our learning community, please visit studentsthatmatter.ning.com or visit our website at orgsthatmatter.com. Once again, this is Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter and thank you for listening.